comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. My name is Ichabod Crane. Good morrow, and welcome to the Ichapod Cranecast. This is a special bonus episode. Sleepy Hollow, the TV series, does not return until the fall, which is when myself, Brandon, and Maxwell will, of course, be recording new episodes of the Ichapod Cranecast. But for now, uh, we might have a few more bonuses in store for you, but this is a special bonus episode that has the entire recorded panel from Pele Fest featuring the whole cast and crew from Sleepy Hollow, Tom Meissen, Nicole Bahari, Orono Jones, all of other stars, and of course some of the crew. Um, including uh, Alex Kurtzman, Roberto Orsi, uh, Mark Goffman. So yeah, a whole mess of people were there, and it was a lot of fun. So I'm going to quickly cut over to that audio. Um, for now, just in addition, you can, of course, find all the other episodes of the Ichapod Cranecast at iTunes, at hhwlod.com. You can follow us at Ichapod Crane. You can check out our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Crane. So, you know, lots of ways to reach our show and find the past episodes to catch up on the series in general. And, uh, yeah, uh, have fun with this uh, panel. I had a lot of fun. I was there and recorded it, and I was happy the audio came out great, so enjoy. We're thrilled to join with you in celebrating one of this season's breakout hits, Fox's Sleepy Hollow. This uh, stylish reimagining of Washington Irving's classic tale brought to us by the acclaimed creative team of Alex Kurtzman, Roberto Orchi, Philip Osco, and Len Wiseman has entertained critics and audiences alike during its adrenaline-filled first season. We're so pleased to welcome the gifted ensemble cast and creators as they make their Paley Fest debut, and hopefully not, this won't be the last time. It takes a lot of support to make events like this possible, and I'd like to take a moment to thank our partners. City is our official car, our official media partner is Entertainment Weekly, and I'd like to specifically thank Christy Ellinger from Entertainment Weekly. And our official digital media partner is Verizon, and I'd also like to thank Tanya Curry McMichael for all of her support. And of course, we thank all of our good friends at K-Rock and LA Weekly for their ongoing support. And now you've probably had enough of me, so it's time to begin our program. My pleasure to welcome tonight's moderator. We're so happy to have this writer and blogger from our partner, Entertainment Weekly, to the stage. She's been doing some terrific Paley Fest coverage over the past week for EW, and I hope you found it on EW.com. And we're so grateful she took time out of her busy schedule to join us here tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sandra Gonzalez to the stage. So we're just going to show you a clip from the finale. So to sort of cue it up, um, you remember that um, after Andy failed to get um, Washington's Bible from Abby, he was kind of squished. Um, and then Jenny found out the truth about Henry, and on her way to tell the gang, she had an encounter with Headless, and uh, her SUV rolled over, so she's in peril. Um, Irving confessed to the murders of his two officers to keep his daughter safe. 
Uh, and Abby made the ultimate sacrifice and remained in purgatory so Katrina could go try to get a spell to save the world. Woo. Um, and then we got to this scene, um, which basically set the internet on fire and left all of us here speechless. So let's take a look. Okay, um, let's go ahead and bring out everybody, shall we? So, um, so first to the stage is the man who plays poor Andy Brooks, who spent his living days in the friend zone, and his dead ones as Moss henchman, John Cho. Um, but she can escape out of a mental institution like a boss. <laughs> Lindy Greenwood. <laughs> Next up, on screen, uh, he's headed for the slammer. But off screen, he's most likely to end up in Twitter jail. <laughs> Orlando Jones. an impeccable shooter, and has a high tolerance for cranism, Nicole Gahari. <laughs> now, when I say this next guy's name, you're probably going to scream. <laughs> but uh, be careful, because his wife is a witch. <laughs> That's gonna 
that's going to make a major presence in Sleepy Hollow. It is. It's a season about war. It's a season about uh, redemption. I mean, what is? What do you do when your son becomes the horseman of war in the apocalypse? <laughs> you know, that Ichabod Crane's going to have to contemplate, assuming he gets out of the pine box. He's in. If he gets out of the pine box. I'm sorry. <laughs> how, how many episodes do you think, you know? How many episodes can I survive? Yes. Oh, why? Speaking <laughs> well. Yes. Um, but do we have any new characters in store for the second season? Look, war doesn't work by itself, does it? So, <laughs> there's a lot of amazing uh, foot soldiers that are coming. Why don't you talk about some of those? Because they're familiar but also amazingly original. One of, one of the things that we, we uh, wanted to, to bring to life was who, who, who best to, um, uh, to be an opponent for the Headless Horseman. Um, and, and creating a, a new creature that, that actually our, uh, our team kind of controls, but, uh, but doesn't, uh, a dangerous creation that um, Headless will actually have to come to face with possibly uh, his own face. Um, and how they're uh, to, to, to create a character that's as as evil and um, uh, as, as scary as that is. So Dick Cheney. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Well, we'll have to see. But they they have um, they have one element of uh, the head of horseman that um, uh, they possess. What? What would that be? Good head. <laughs> Yeah, we have, we have supernatural characters and we have some real characters who, uh, they're all real characters. Some, some uh, people who will be populating the town as well this season. Um, with uh, Irving in, you know, incarcerated, I think we have to figure out uh, who's going to be in charge of the law and order at Sleepy Hollow. That, that's going to create end of conflict. Right? And a prosecutor. This person is going to be very not on your side, pal. Go through the ringer, man. It's been so easy, that's all. <laughs> Since you did bring up Irving, can you tell us a little bit about what's coming up for all the characters? I mean, starting off, of course, because uh, we have a little bit of a dysfunctional family sort of dynamic to deal with. And then we have to <laughs> Can you tell me about how Katrina and Ichabod are going to deal with that family bond? very complicated family well, you know, they are dealing with, it is their son that we're talking about. So it's still at the, you know, the base of it, um, as, as evil as he is and what he did, um, it, it, it's, it's still their son. Um, so that's going to, it's not going to be an easy one to decide what to do with him and how, um, you know, uh, at the end of it, can you, can you kill your own son? Um, and so that's, that's going to, you know, cause conflict. And I think it, it really it, it strikes a fundamental question we all have about redemption. And is anyone beyond redemption and hope? And, and these characters, I mean, what, what they've all done with it is there is so much hope in this show and uh, the chance and the opportunity that we're going to get past the apocalypse, and that's what they're fighting for. And so where do you draw that line? And I, I think that's going to be something that's going to be really tough for, for them to battle with all season long. I want to toss it to the cast, since we are speaking about sort of the ending and the big twist. How, like, how much did you all know going into, like, before you got the script about what was going to happen with Nelly? What was your reaction when you actually found out some of these big twists? <clears throat> um, I got a phone call from Alex one Sunday, and we spent a couple of hours. Uh, Alex was very excited to tell me all of the things that are going to happen in the finale. 
he was too excited, he couldn't wait for me to get the, the script, so he had to phone and spoil it. <laughs> and, and he told me... <laughs> Can you tell me what's going to happen at the ending? Um, <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen No way! Yes, Tom! <laughs> um, so I'd, I'd already known about uh, uh, Henry being my son, but I had built the war bit kind of surprise. It was when, it was when Alex mentioned the, uh, the, the sign, when you see where he gets the name Henry Parrish. And that's just another example of how as well as just being really cool. It's just clever. It's a clever show. And all of the little cool I say, I, I, I say full credit. Um, and all of the callbacks to the, the clues from the moment Henry arrives. And I felt like an idiot. <laughs> I was like, oh, seriously? Like, how could I not see that? I was really mad at myself. Nicole, when did you find out that you are going to be sent further? I actually found out when I first read it, and I was like, no. <laughs> and it'd be all alone. The thing about Purgatory that freaked me out the most was the weird house with the two little girls. <laughs> the possibility, the potential of staying there for how many, you know, years seems like something that Abby, being a tough, kind of, you know, cynical person, wouldn't deal too well with. <laughs> By the way, it's really great to see so many women in the audience. <laughs> How did you all react when you found out you were going to be in some serious peril? I mean, they, we don't know if they're coming back. Is it safe to say they're, they're safe? They're all available. Fuck their Nobody's ever said. I think it would be really cool if you were here and you're having fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the great things about Sleepy Hollow is you can be dead, but that doesn't mean that you're gone. Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> back in some capacity, and I really hope she gets out of that car, because it's painful, but um, I don't know, I'm excited to see. <laughs> but I mean, since, since you're so in I want you and Nicole to talk a little bit about the sister dynamic this season, because those, those hit me hard, they hit me right here, um, but talk about playing that and sort of building that, that chemistry between the two of you, and what you kind of see as the next step for them, if you are alive. <laughs> gift because it's sort of like it grounds the story and gives a little bit of information about where they're coming from and because of the sort of depth of their loss of their family and them being broken apart um, there's a lot to uncover and God only knows how they ended up there so I think um, hopefully that's something that we'll get to see throughout the season um, and getting to work with Lindy um, we were talking about our, our first chemistry our first chemistry read, but even beyond that, just being on set and like getting closer and sort of testing each other and pushing our little moments, there requires a lot of like vulnerability that I think you would see in a movie where you have a ton of time. So the fact that we were able to get so close and be so like raw right away, I think it's it, it's a testament to she is. Really amazing to come onto a show that you know it's your show. And I'm like a little it's bit. Their show. <laughs> it is. But this is you know, 
and uh, to just feel like I had the um, opportunity and that you welcomed me really playing with you and, and pushing it. It was great. And you got to play sisters on the show, is that right? We do. He's in service. What's next for Urban? What do you see as What's his outlook? I mean, it's hard to kind of protect his family from while he's in jail, but he kind of also has no choice. What do you see as his next few steps? What are you hoping for? I think my biggest concern really is that, uh, you know, Jenny keeps booty calling me, and I just... <laughs> <laughs> it's, really, it's uncomfortable, okay? <laughs> difficult and you know seeing your your daughter someone you love so much and seeing your wife seeing people who you care so much about go through that is obviously really difficult particularly I think the hopelessness he feels right now so uh, you know for all practical purposes I think uh, Alex and Bob were a little bit clear he's he's about to have a tough time <laughs> but he's had a tough time and I'm, I'm just I'm so excited about I think just oh you're kind of tough <laughs> Defense could work for Orlando Jones. I'm not sure if it's Captain Irving, but uh, you know, I think it's the fun of the show is how real and grounded it is in the midst of all this craziness. So for me, that's it's really a lot of fun, and I'm, I'm enjoying it and excited to hear where it's going. It's, it's really fun for you know a character and, and for such an amazing actor like him to be to have someone who's playing a captain who's used to being in charge and now is utterly powerless and. Who knows what we're going to find in, in a uh, teardown psychiatric? I mean, this is not a place I don't want to be locked up. That's what I'm Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> um, John, are you. Yes. And Len, because it was 
It really was uh, as as ridiculous as it was. I just really enjoyed the the, the human drama and of course Nicole playing. And, and I felt like in our scenes we really did work it at was so getting. Much fun working with you oh my God! Amen. I love you. But uh, it was it was it was those moments that really that really made it worth it for me. Very special. We just worked on what that relationship was. And I feel like that's what makes the show work. Everyone is focusing on the human relationships and the supernatural stuff is a great backdrop and a great framing for, um, you know, uh, what's going on between, between and betwixt these people. You said betwixt, right? No, that's stupid. <laughs> I wanted to ask, um, in season two, if you could talk about Ichabod, Abby, and Katrina's sort of difficult playing field that they're going to have to deal with once, hopefully, Abby gets on first. Thank you, Heather. Sorry, with Abby, oh, with Katrina. Well, I think... No, what, forget it, Heather. I think that's been a big question, especially for fans, in a way that we didn't expect fans were going to be so married to the idea of Ichabod and Abby being a couple and so... Oh. Thing, apparently. <laughs> it is. What did you find on Google? <laughs> 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 
we thought, okay, this obviously means something. And then I think here's here's the other honest truth. The chemistry that you see on screen between Tom and Nicole is the chemistry between Tom and Nicole. And that is one of the things that is so wonderful is that <laughs> Which one's Nicole? <laughs> Very, very, it was instantaneous, and I think somehow it translated into everything that happened to them on screen. And it's, it's been a gift, I think, that our entire cast, all of them wonderful, Orlando, <laughs> all of them wonderful, and everybody gets along so well. And that, I think, somehow that's trans, that, that has found its way into the writing of the show. And it makes us want to elevate material for this incredible cast. Well said. Audition stories or like casting stories. You you all told me like a funny one about John like a couple days ago. <laughs> <laughs> that when, when you first pitched him the role, what his reaction was? Oh, I just sent I sent I sent John an email <laughs> and I just said I said I I'd love to have you in the show and doing this this uh, Sleepy Hollow and, and told him a little bit about it and I said I'm also just, I'm really excited about. You're going, wow, you have John Cho in the show, and then by the end of the pilot, not the end of the season, by the end of the pilot, we're actually going to kill John Cho. And they go, oh my God, you killed John Cho. And I said, that's right, that's right, we did. <laughs> and you just wrote back, and you said, you actually just said, fucking A, I'm in. <laughs>
very drunk the whole time. But, um, but uh, I was happy to do it. I think it looked great. I didn't know whether it would come off or whether it would be legible even, but... It looked great in the trailer when you weren't there. It's terrifying. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> You're getting your makeup done. Oh, my God. Sometimes. <laughs> oh, that's right. They're the head of you. Yeah. <laughs> no, there was this guy walked, it's like at one point, just a guy wearing like a John Cho backpack. <laughs> I'm surprised you landed to take that moment. <laughs> you know, I saw it, I, I saw it and I wanted to, and Corey was like, if you touch that John Cho hand, I will break your face. <laughs> I think we had like two of them or something, and you know, we had to be precious about it and you had to wear it, but yes, trust me, if you make a third one. I mean, every time you <laughs> I think it was, we got it down to two hours and uh, like an hour to take off. Uh, but uh, I, you know, it felt, it felt pretty fast uh, in comparison. Like, uh, I think Zach. Uh, Quinto spent longer in the chair to get here, put the ears on. <laughs> Just the ears. <laughs> and the haircut. Very meticulous. But I think it, every time he came on, there was some new like prosthetic that, that would take several hours. Where there was a yes. locust feeding and more and more uh, complicated, more necromancer. Did you tell you about any of those? <laughs> I, <laughs> I dreaded uh, everything new that was happening, every, every piece that was falling off. Um, Tom, you have had to get fairly physical in your role as, as Ichabod, you know, fencing and that sort of thing, but I heard you actually are a fencer. Like, you go fencing. Uh, I, thank you, Mother. <laughs> I'd, I'd, it's, it was part of the, the training when you're at the drama school in England, you always have to fence. And so it was fencing and then a, with a big broadsword, so maybe in season two you have a big broadsword, a big stick, and uh, you can with nunchucks. There's lots of various weapons training. Yeah. Can, I, can I rat you out though on the writing? So, Ichabod, Ichabod Crane, the one thing he wasn't as comfortable with is, is, uh, is horse riding. So we actually have this, um, it's amazing to see it on set, but it is like, it's a, it's a, it's a horse that we've built onto this, onto this truck rig. So when he's riding, it's like, you've got to keep putting the quarters in. <laughs> Um, but then the camera just gets ahead of the truck a little bit, and you see him on this, like... <laughs> and it's one of the most degrading experiences. <laughs> 31 years old, in front of a big truck. <coughs> just to... I'm being chased by a man with no head. I'm trying to make you go faster and... Am I, am I making this up? Did you... Nicole, had you shot weapons before? Had you done guns before? No, I hadn't. That's we had a cop had never shot, and a Ichabod had never ridden a horse. <laughs> it's every every English actor has on their resume that they're really good at riding horses. <laughs> I think mine, I'm, it's still on there, but now it should be hobby horses. 
Uh, I, I'm going to say uh, American Horror Story Coven because I was put on. Because obviously, this is an idea that honestly could have just gone super wrong and it's gone so <laughs> right. Did that surprise both the cast or you all? Like, just how it has slipped right the only theater. This is awesome. Um, has it surprised you at all? Um, well, it, it, was, it was interesting because when Phil Isco, who's in the audience that tonight, came yeah. in with the. taking these two short stories and, and he's very clear about saying, you know, I want to do a time travel story without the time travel. And I think, you know, Sleepy Hollow, we said, yeah, Sleepy Hollow is great, it's been done before. He said, yes, but what if you did it modern day? And it, it was one of those ideas that was one molecule away from insane. And I think that's why we responded to it, because those kinds of tiredness are very uh, attractive. If you can get it right, it's very special. If you get it wrong, you're super fucked. <laughs> <laughs> so we kind of knew uh, from the beginning um, that, 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 it, that it was, if it worked, it would be special. And I think what we couldn't have predicted was how amazing our cast turned out to be, because they, they levitated it into existence in a way that was so um, incredible and real and emotionally grounded. And I think the thing that we always go for is, um, I just said fuck when my mom's in the eye. Stand up, mom. <laughs> so proud. There she is. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, uh, I, I think the bottom line is grounded in emotional reality. And, and, you know, and our actors did that so beautifully and lended it so cinematically. And I think we were so, it was one of those weird things where to us, and Linda and I talked about this a bunch of times, like, this is just what we want to see. And there, there wasn't anything like it on television, certainly not on network television, so we thought, well, why is there nothing like this? Um, and then everybody started saying, oh my god, it's so crazy, and it could have been so wrong, and I, I, the truth is, yes, we knew it at the beginning, but I don't know that we realized, once we, once we were in the rhythm of it, I don't think we thought about it that much. We just said, what do we want to do? Um, the fan base, and the fans, and the input from the fans has been so monumental for all of us. I mean, we we read everything, we take it in, it's talked about in the writer's room all, all day long. And I think the fact that we can engage with the fans allows us to keep the show grounded to the things it needs to be grounded in. So in a weird way, I think, you know, we have all of you to thank for how much of a voice you've had in the process. Um, so yes, to be here in front of all of you at, at Paley Fest and the Dolby Theater, um, uh, where, they, where people accept Oscars. <laughs> Like watching watching the show take off this way. Have you had any like crazy encounters yet? Off the <coughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. We got lost in another conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very important. Yeah. What, what was the question? Has um, the success of the show surprised you or taken you? I mean, what's it been like getting used to? And I think it's always you know surprising because you work just as hard on stuff that people hate. So. <laughs> We work less, and they put all this sucks. It's the same hour. <laughs> um, I think always a surprise when something comes out like this. But you know, I, I think you know, speaking for myself, 
you know, it could have gone a lot of different ways, but when I first, you know, read it and saw it and was working through and reacting with, with Lennon Bob and everybody, I, I just thought it was a special vibe. You know, people were communicating what they thought and, and really specific about what the world was and how it operated. And, you know, I mean, everybody in this panel, in all seriousness, you know, Heather, Alex, you know, Phil, all the right, everybody was really clear on the rules of the world. And it makes it a lot more, a lot easier to ground yourself when you, you really know where you are. And for me, it just made it really comfortable. And it's just been a ride. It's a fun ride. But I don't know that any of us thought, oh, it's going to be a big hit, or what, what happens if it fails? I mean, you know, you miss, you know, 100% of the shots you don't take. This was a shot that we all took, and I think we're all proud of how it came out. I wasn't actually a part of the pilot. I remember seeing the trailers for the pilot, and I was just really excited to watch it. Um, so I'm not really surprised with it, because I think it's a great idea, and it was executed very, very well. And um, yeah, I was really happy to be a part of it after being, you know, already a fangirl in a way. I've never really wanted to do anything in my career. Uh, <laughs> Anything that, that you say, oh yeah, this is good. Yeah, yeah, people will take this. This is this is quite good. I've always been far more drawn to things that could go completely arse over tip. Which this absolutely could. This this could have been a horrible experience for everyone watching. <laughs> it could have been really, really, really cool. And I think it was the last For an actor, and I imagine for the writers and directors as well, as you make something that's bold and something that you believe in, and uh, and blindly hope that people go with you. And so, thank you very much. So I think we'll go ahead and jump to fan questions. There's somebody running around with a mic, so we will get one to you. Let's go over there in the red first. Uh, thank you all for coming. I just want to say first, okay, the show rocks the camel's ass, so thank you all. Uh, Lan, I would really love to see you direct another uh, episode of this upcoming season. Do you think that will happen? And uh, same question for Bob and Alex. I think you would also be great. I think you will do one. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I would love to. Um, it's, uh, it's, it is a hell of a lot of fun. It really is. It's, I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a mix of genres that, that I absolutely love. And it's, it's fun to be able to do a bit of, a bit of horror, a bit of, a bit of comedy that, that I don't get to do that, that often. Um, and it's just, uh, it is, honestly, it, it is like, uh, like getting to, to, to play a bit. Um, and so I, I'd love to and actually plan to. Yeah, we, I, I would love to do that too. It, uh, I actually haven't had a chance to direct the show yet, um, but it would be a lot of fun. I mean, our goal is to make sure that no one else has a job in this town. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to do it all. Thank you for having me. <laughs> um, let's go a Batman. Well, first off, I just wanted to say that you guys are all phenomenal 
first trailer, I was like, this is going to be big. And I was telling all of my friends about that, so it's nice to be right. Yeah. But anyway, so my question is, is you guys have one of the most diverse casts on TV currently. that you had a certain type of person you wanted, or was it just the people that were best for these parts all happened to be a very diverse group of people? I want to point out that I'm Mexican, too, so it's behind the camera. Uh, best person wins, but also... Uh, the themes of what uh, one of the first Americans would think about how the country has changed, I think, was also part of uh, something that we wanted to take on head on. And, you know, I read an interesting article about how often diversity is treated in a show without any consequence. It is just a color palette that's not actually faced head on. And I'm so proud of this group and so grateful to our actors that they're willing to risk actually tackling some of these issues and making it text and not making it simply invisible. So a credit to our cast and a credit to our staff for handling that stuff. persuade him to do so? Would his character do that? I don't think a chance. Until if you'd asked and watched him. His clothes are one of the only things he has left from his era. And I think it's a it's his comfort food. It's some you know it's his blanket <laughs> and a safety blanket in a way. And it's a way to make him feel real and grounded in a world that is wholly gone to him. And so I think that's it, that makes it a, a part of him, a part of him that he doesn't want to give up when everything else has changed. He also found those reenactment people that like loaded him up on those like old style. <laughs> he has a bunch. 
the deliciousness of knowing what we were going at the end, waiting and watching the fan reactions and the guessing games that started. Um, we were totally convinced that people were going to know halfway through the season what was going on. Um, so I think for me, the most fun was the finale and sort of watching that bomb go off and then waiting for the Twitter feed and all the articles. <laughs> that went on for like four days. Um, and that was pretty great. It was very satisfying. It felt like we did what we set out to do and, and uh, now we have, to, we have to match the bar that we, we set everything <laughs> I like that Irving's daughter being possessed because it started to open up the world a little bit and it started to become even more unpredictable as we went sort of a platform for the, for the episodes that happened. I think it's, I, I also, the, the finale was, was really, um, it was really rewarding. I, I, but I gotta say, I, I had the most, um, the most impact in terms of watching was, um, I, I really thought that, uh, that Necromancer um, was fantastic. And getting to see, because I'd always been so um, interested in what, you know, everybody knows Sleepy Hollow and the Heavens Horseman, but what is um, what is the story of who that guy is? And when and Abby and Crane working to find out who Heavens Horseman actually is, and we re the reveal that he's Abraham, um, it was a thrilling episode. I, I really enjoyed that. One. Uh, one of my real privileges as head writers, I get to write with everybody here. Um, again, we have just the most talented staff, and getting to write. That I didn't work on the pilot was the one that, like I, I told um, the, the four, four of you guys when I met on it was like they had me when I saw you know 1776 at the, the very first title card that comes up. It's such a cool concept to see you know a person from the revolution, a founding father in today's world, and then and then it just continually every scene blew my mind. And um, getting to take those kind of swings all season long. You know, it was fun. Personally, probably doing Necromancer because as we started breaking into the room and going, okay, we're going to capture the horsemen. Great. What are you going to do with them? Like, how is he, <laughs> he going to talk? And we went through a lot of iterations of chalkboard. And, uh, <laughs> I got to write that, that episode with Phil Villisco, co creator of the show. And, you know, ultimately we landed on Necromancer and. and um, and as soon as we realized, well, I think it was Bob and Alex who came up with the idea of using a necromancer, and we go, well, who would that be? It was obvious it had to be Brooks. And so the whole episode kind of came together really quickly from that point, and, um, and that, it's just, it's really fun. But that, that worked really well with, because, um, you know, John probably wasn't aware that we were, that there were many iterations that we were thinking about doing that. One was that we were going to have it be uh, a different voice. We actually had a, had some uh, German actors come in and do a voice that was going to be that that was him speaking through you. Mm. Um, that we didn't know exactly how. Have you ever heard any of those voices? And, <laughs> and then, but no. But then you you, uh, you did such a creepy, really great performance with that. Um, no, it was. It was chilling, and, and so um, uh, it was. We didn't know exactly where we were going to land, and uh, you you landed us with that. It was great. Thanks, that was fun. I, I will also point out that I'm, I'm fairly certain that's the first time uh, an Asian has spoken German on the
Um, it's so hard to choose because there are so many moments that I loved with each. I think I have to personally, and I don't know if it's so much of a fan as, as someone who's a part of the show, I, I have to say the pilot, and I think, I was actually seeing the Nicole backstage because it's pilot season in California, in LA right now, all of, I guess all over the country, actually, do think. But it, from the beginning, there was something about the pilot that being there every day and the cast that we got, and then I remember seeing it, and we, we did all post on Len's office and seeing it that first time. I don't know, it was just something about it that you felt like you were working on something really good that you're really proud of. And I know that sounds like I'm just saying this, but it's, you, you don't have that opportunity a lot. And actually, I remember I brought home a copy to my husband. I snuck an illegal copy, and I was going to do it. And I brought it home to my husband to watch, and he. They, you know, he sits through a lot of the things I've worked on. I was like, yeah, that, that's great, honey. And it, oh, yeah, that moment was really cool. But in this one, he was, like, blown away. And, and, and you know, it's just, you felt it. So, I don't know, I'm just really proud of it. So. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> um, I loved the, the episode before Necromancer. I loved Necromancer. I loved all of them. Writers, sorry. All <laughs> <laughs> reviews, Midnight Run. Uh, bastardizing history it was a really funny episode and, and also really tense setting up the trap for Horseman to pick up the skulls and chase after us and also we, we do cliffhangers really nicely and the image of the headless horseman in chains was, was quite a nice one so yeah choose the moment where I was 14 and just on a ride and wasn't thinking about anything other than how into the show I was. Like the moment when I saw Star Wars and my mom was like, you should go see Star Wars. I was like, get on with it. Get on with it. <laughs> yes, I'm not, I'm not talking right now. What's the answer, Orlando? So the answer is My favorite would have to be Vessel. Um, it's the first one where you see, not first, but you find out a lot about Jenny in that episode. And I got to play Possessed, which is super rad. Really? Thank you. Thank you. My grandma was saying, I had to close my eyes. <laughs> I was like, awesome. <laughs> I, I like pilots and finales. I just do it. You know, it's like reading the first page of a book and everything's laid out and it feels so, it feels, um, and, and, and like in this show, as in all, as with all good stories, it, you know, when you watch a good pilot, it feels like, oh, I'm, I'm, I feel comforted, I'm, I'm in the hands of good storytellers and, 
that, that's a really um, special feeling, you know, and, and um, it's, it's very... Uh, you feel that? Keep talking. I, I hate that. I like that. Then you have to deliver, and when you and when it's wrapped up and you have a lot of what ifs, it's it's, it's like a really complicated math problem and having to or, or a word problem, and then and then putting it all together. It's it's a feat, um, and it's it's really impressive to watch. And, but I will say, I'm sorry, this is such a long answer. But um, I will I really appreciate the opportunity to do what I did in, in the language in necromancer. That particular episode, I didn't go to drama school. You know, I, I, I'm uh, an uneducated heathen, and to be able to, uh, to, be able to, to, to attack that kind of language was um, just a really special moment in, for me in my career. So, thank you. Who has like a really good one? Okay, we're all pointing to her. Okay. So yes, John, no the pilot was good, wasn't it? <laughs> Hello. First of all, um, I watch a lot of TV and product placement bugs the crap out of me. And the scene in the car with the OnStar lady is like the best scene on television. <laughs> <laughs> I am trying. really deserve the credit for that. It's pretty well. Answer. We've met a couple of the horsemen. If you could cast anyone and they would do it, who would each of you cast for the other ones? Maybe we should start at the end and then we'll start. Dick Cheney, yeah. <laughs> Roscoe Pico train. <laughs> no, but seriously, anybody? Norman Reedus and Clint Eastwood were the ones. It's yourself, huh? Hey, mate. It's your self, dude. Seriously. Direct it in the phone. Or maybe. Someone on this day. <laughs> Who? Javier Bardem. Javier Bardem. On that note, then, guys, thank you so much for. Wait.